Well, welcome to uh, Readers and Writers, the podcast for people who love to read and for people who love to write. I'm Colin Smith with Unlocking the Bible in the Gospel Coalition Conference. We're in the exhibit hall, plenty of noise, plenty of activity, but with me is Courtney Reisick. And I'm delighted to have the chance of talking with you, Courtney, especially about your book, the new book that's out, Glory in the Ordinary, why your work in the home matters to God. And I am so grateful that you have taken on this subject. There's all kinds of stuff out there about the importance of work, but I haven't seen anything like what you have written on the subject of the importance of the work of a stay-at-home mom. So thank you for writing that. What placed that burden upon your heart? Well, um, it was actually a friend, uh, Bethany Jenkins from the Gospel Coalition approached me about it. She and I had been talking a fair amount about work and faith and work and how the Lord had kind of worked in my heart and helping me understand the value of work, uh, of all work. And she asked me if I would consider writing a book on the work of the home, the, the, this unpaid work that is done in the home and how this work is upholding society, how it benefits the community, how it's valuable to God. Even though it's unseen, it's unpaid. Um, and so she approached me about it and I said, sure. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I'm so <laughs> glad I did because this is work that doesn't come naturally to me. I wouldn't consider myself naturally gifted in some of the things that I do in my home. Uh, my husband probably is more gifted at cleaning and organizing and details. But you had quite a career going before you became a stay-at-home mom yourself. I did. Now, tell us about the career and what that was in uh, earlier years. I did. I, uh, I always wanted to be a mom once, once I became a believer, but I have always wanted to do kind of big things for the Lord, and right. I didn't, I struggle with, I look, looking back, I see any type of ordinary work I did was kind of, I didn't see it as valuable to God. So if I worked in a cubicle, that wasn't big enough. But I, was, I worked in marketing communications okay. before I stayed home, and I enjoyed the thinking, writing, and things like that. And when I, I once I had my, my kids, I, I knew I was going to stay home. I wanted to stay home with them. And so I've had to learn to see what I'm doing is just as valuable as I did before I came home and, and, and did the work of the home. Because I was doing it before, I just do it full time now. And then when you uh, became a mom, uh, were your twins born first? They were. So you became yeah. a mom and some. Yeah, I was baptized a, by fire. <laughs> that is a huge transition yes. from a professional yeah. career position in marketing yeah. to twins and staying at home. What was that transition like for you? Well, they were born eight weeks premature, and so it was an emotionally trying time, and so we were just kind of thrust into it eight weeks before we were even ready. So it was just really hard. I mean, my life was full stop. They were they were too little to go anywhere. They were too little. I couldn't go to church. I couldn't see friends. I couldn't. They were not the easiest baby, so I had no tangible way of knowing, measuring how I was doing on any given day. And they were premature, so they had a fair amount of issues early on. So it was... It was emotionally up and down. I don't adjust to change very well, so it takes me a while. So I had a better strategy going into it when my third kid was born. Yeah, for sure. So and you have another one due? I do have another one due in July, another boy. Congratulations. Thank May you. all go well when that wonderful event happens. Thank you. Now, uh, the Lord has given you also a ministry of writing, yes, and yeah. we're interested just to talk about writing as well as about the details of this marvelous book that you've written. How do you go about writing as a young stay-at-home mom mm -hmm. uh, with three children and soon yeah. to be four, and you've got to make time for that. Yeah. Um, uh, what's that like for you? 
It's really hard. It, it, it's increasingly become hard as my boys have gotten older. And so I was actually just talking with a friend about it because my twins no longer take a nap. And so now that they don't take a nap, I've lost that two-hour block in the middle right, of the afternoon. Right, yeah. So I pretty much would use that in the middle of the afternoon to do any type of writing before. So I've, like anything with children, children are constantly changing. My husband and I have this saying, the only thing constant about children is that they're constantly changing. Yes. And so I constantly have to be readjusting my expectations of what productivity looks like. And so I... I don't watch as much TV as I would like to. I really like to watch TV, <laughs> but unfortunately, I don't get to watch as much as I want. So right. I, but I see it as as a ministry that the Lord has called me to. So it's not an isolation. But would you write for an hour at a time? Do you grab a few minutes to get an afternoon? I, I do. I, I, what sort of length of time is it? Yeah. So I, um, my boys are in Mother's Day out, so I do write during their one day a week when they're in Mother's Day out. They go for three hours, but I do. I write. They have a rest time, so I'll write for the one hour rest time that they have. Right. So there is some. Rest them and schedule. I it's schedule. Not, yeah, okay. it is not right. anything I have learned for myself is that I will not get anything done if I don't schedule it. That's helpful. So I just make a, a fair amount of scheduling. So I, any type of reading I will do before they wake up in the morning. So I'm a Bible study, um, personal reading for growth, things like that. And then I use that rest time, nap time for writing. And then I try not to do anything in the evenings because I, I have a hard time falling asleep if I do any work in the evenings. So, but my husband is sees my writing as just as much a part of his right. life and ministry, so and he frees me. You in this, very yeah. supportive, and there's no way I could do what I do if he did not care about what I'm doing. So yeah. I always cry when I talk about it; it's ridiculous. So, anyways, I'm very thankful for him. This is really bad. I am pregnant. I think that's my excuse. <laughs> that's <laughs> I great. I just say I cry because I'm pregnant, but. I um, If he didn't make freedom for me to do that and see it as important for my flourishing, I, there's no way I would do it. So we, and we had to constantly be readjusting. So we've just gone through a season of having to readjust. Yeah, it keeps changing. It does, it? It yeah. It keeps changing. But the important yeah, thing yeah. is, if you feel called to write, so you have to just do it. Like right. you have to just and whether plan to do it. And That's what you're saying. You're going to yeah. set uh, set aside some scheduled time yeah. and, and and stick to it. it as far as you can. And if you look at your life. You will find some discretionary time. It might not be very much. It might be maybe 20, 30 minutes here okay, or there. Right. But the Lord will use those little bits of time that you have right. and piece those things together. So, but Don't you think when you're writing too that you get mm -hmm. something and then you go away from it and it forms more in your mind yes. and then you have sentences coming to you? Yes. And Do you find that, that you end up writing things down at odd moments when I you're do. not trying to? Yes, I have, like a, I have like a notepad in my kitchen often. And then I also have running notes on my phone. So as things come up, I'll write. So I have half written things on my phone right. all the time. Right. And so I might not ever get my computer out on a given day, but I've still written. And so, so much of it, like so much of life is a discipline. So if you feel that the Lord has gifted you in that way, you need to make it a discipline. So right. you're not going to, I'm a runner as well. So I, I, I didn't start out liking running. I had to make it a discipline. Right. And so everything in life that's good, we're, we need discipline. So I think make a plan, try to find pockets of time where you can and talk to your husband about it. If you want to do it, talk That's to him good. and see if there's some freedom where you can go right for there an afternoon. There is some great wisdom and encouragement in what you've said Thank you. for folks listening to us who want to write and uh, especially younger folks, stay-at-home moms who want to write. And uh, thank you for modeling that that's possible. Now, uh, thinking about this book, and really at the heart of it, uh, you're getting after, you know, it's easy to esteem work that's regarded as professional career sure, work. Sure. 
but the ordinary tasks. Mm -hmm. I mean, people may say, well, bringing up a child is yeah. uh, a marvelous and, and high, high calling. Yeah. But when you break it down to some of the actual tasks yeah. of cooking and cleaning, yeah. but you talk about imaging God. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us what you mean by that. I, I, I love the way you've spoken about that. Oh, thank you. Well, when you see in scripture, when God talks about when God created Adam and Eve, he created them with a job to do. He created right. them to work, primarily because he was the first worker. So he worked in bringing forth creation. And so when he gave Adam and Eve the creation mandate, this be fruitful and multiply, multiply and cultivate the, the world that God has made, every human being is given that task as well by being an image bearer of God. And so paid work is part of the culture that we live in, but work came about long before compensation was a part of right. the equation. Right. So we need to look at what we're doing, whether it's paid or unpaid, as valuable to God because we are imaging God in our work. So this looks like you're bringing forth, you're caring for creation. Yep. So how are yep. you caring for creation? Well, you're caring for the people that God has made. You are caring for the world that God has made. You're mold growing in a refrigerator will harm people, well, right? See, this is what I loved about what you did. You, you get down to the level of the mold in the yes. refrigerator. So yeah. uh, think about cooking a meal. How is that imaging God? How does that reflect yeah. what God does for us? Well, we see in scripture that God is the one who feeds us. And we see it all throughout scripture that God is the one who feeds us. God is the one who clothes us. Right. But often, sometimes he rains manna down from heaven, right? Yep. But then more often than not, he is providing for us yep. through people, yep. through the people who bake the bread for us, through the people who make the meals for us in a restaurant. But in the home, he's providing for humanity, for people, through the hands that are making the food. So I love that, to, to lift making a meal, to say this is a God-like thing to mm -hmm. do. And then you talk about that in regards to creating something beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I speak about that for a moment. Well, when God created creation, he called it very good. Everything that God created, God is the author of beauty. And so when we create something beautiful in the home, there's nothing wrong with wanting our homes to look beautiful, our yards to look beautiful, because God is the author of beauty. And so we, as Christians, I think I've heard Dr. Moeller say, Dr. Albert Moeller talk about how Christians should be the ones who care about beauty more than anything else, because God is the author of beauty and truth. And so we, our homes can be a place of rest and be, and then creativity comes out in a variety of ways. So no one's home has to all look the same. Yeah. But we are made to crave beauty and made to create beauty. And we image God by doing that as well, even in our homes. Let me read a sample of your writing okay. uh, for the folks here on this. Uh, I, I think this is marvelous. When you feed your husband and children, you tangibly remind them that we have a God who meets all of our physical needs. When you open your home to others, those you know and those you don't know, your guests are shown that there is a God who welcomes people into his home. When you take out the trash, I mean, we're really down to it now. <laughs> when you take out the trash, you declare with your actions that the curse may rise up all around you, but it will one day be defeated once and for all. These things may feel routine and they are at times but they are important. They allow others to see that God is involved in even the routine details of the world that he has made. That's beautiful. I, I, I think that's what, what I found so helpful about this book and what I think many mums will find helpful. It takes the most ordinary tasks and it says, see this and, and frame it in the light of who God is. Now you talk about rest as well. Yeah. Give us some wisdom on getting rest. I mean, uh, with three young children, what have you learned about that? 
Well, I'm still learning about rest. So I feel like I wrote the chapter uh, as a conviction and lecture to myself in a lot of ways. <laughs> so we um, rest is hard when, and I think rest is hard for anyone in the culture we live in because work really kind of never goes away. We have smartphones and email that can always come to us. But the work of the home stops for no one. Children wake up throughout the night. Laundry is never done. There's no nine to five. You're not punching a clock. And so at the end of the day, what we have to realize with rest is that only God gets his to-do list done. Only yeah. God's getting That's his stuff so done. It is. Yeah, right. And it's a hard, hard thing to come to terms with. So if you are someone who likes productivity and you like to knock things off your to-do list like I do, it is a mild form of torture to go to bed and say, I'm going to leave this and let it be done and trust that God is going to accomplish the work of my hands. We see that in Psalm 90:17 that God accomplishes the work of our hands. And so when God rested on the seventh day, he rested because it was very good and it was finished. And we are never resting for that yeah. reason. Right. We're yeah. always yeah. resting out of a dependence on the Lord right. and acknowledging that only God is God and we are finite and limited and we, we, were, we were created for rest. We need it. I like that. Now, another thing I found really helpful here is you talk about the myth of the super mom. <laughs> and you see here, let me quote, we've all heard of her. We marvel at her and want to be her. Her name is Super Mom. <laughs> and she can get a million things done while also staying healthy and happy. She never needs help. She does it all. And we are left in her perfect wake wondering why we can't accomplish more in our day. Now, I think you confess in the book as well. You say, I, I kind of have this thing about wanting to be Super Mom. Oh, yeah. And, and you want to be her and you hate her. <laughs> both. You want to do both. <laughs> So how have you got over this uh, 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 crushing perfectionism that super mom kind of imposes, yeah. I think, over, over many young moms who feel yeah. they're failing all the time when actually they're doing a really good job? Yeah, I am, um, again, another lecture to myself. I feel like this is something that I perpetually am learning. But um, one of the ways personally that I feel like the Lord has humbled me in my quest to be super mom is I, since I had my third son, I have dealt with pretty severe insomnia. Really? And so I, I can't, I just can't fall asleep. And I have done all manner of things to try to fall asleep. And so I've had to come to the realization that I have to, when my kids go to bed, I can't work much in the evening. Right, right. And then I have to go to bed early. Yeah. And that is not my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've had to acknowledge my limitations and right. I'm not super mom. Do you know, isn't there a profound sense in which we honor God by recognizing our own limitations? Oh my goodness, yes. If we don't Absolutely. recognize our own limitations, we're kind of putting ourselves in the place of Absolutely. God. And, uh, Absolutely. I think the realistic, down-to-earth and warm-hearted and personal way that you speak about these issues will really help a lot of young moms to uh, ease up to find a greater level of peace and to find a greater level of joy. And I, I think it's Thank marvelous. You. Thank now, you. Now, you, you speak about uh, the thing about being a stay-at-home mom. You have no boss. Yes. And you have no job description, or yes. at least you have a limitless kind yes. of a job yes. description. Talk yes. about uh, trying to handle that. Because, uh, yeah, yes. you've really got to be able to create your own structure, haven't you? You do. You do. Yeah. And I think one of the ways that we combat this feeling of not being able to rest, this feeling of want a super mom or not knowing what our job description is, is recognizing that the work of the home is for everyone. And so we are not created to do it all. We maybe would judge the woman who does it all outside the home, but we try to do it all in the home. And so one of the ways that we kind of I, I maybe farm things out and, and recognize that the work of the home is for the people in the home. So 
while I'm the one who's primarily doing it because I stay home, my husband is just as called by the Lord to care about the details of the home and to care about the work of the home. My children should care about the work of the home. They can pick up their toys. They can, I can be creating in them a desire to work as contribution. My husband is very good at helping and doing a lot of the, he sees his, his role as a father as just as much caring for the work of the home, even though he works outside of the home. So I think making the home, taking it away from it being this, this model of the wife does everything, and it's a job description that nobody can fulfill on their own, and recognizing that we need help. We need not just our family members to help us, but we need the broader community, we need the church to help us, we need to all be in this together. But we live in a society where the mother is the one who does everything, whether she, in, we see it in the broader society as well too, where women are just tired. And so I think when we can combat some of this by recognizing that the work of the home is for everyone and it's for the good of the world. And when we all work together, the world is served by it. That's great. You have really painted a vision um, for this calling and this life and this ministry. Uh, you've lifted it up into who God is. And I really enjoyed reading the book. Very, very Thank glad you. to commend it. Thank you. Uh, we've been talking about Glory in the Ordinary. It's a great title, Thank it really you. is. Why Your Work in the Home Matters to God by Courtney Reisig. Thanks so much for joining us on Readers and Writers. Thank and you. for more information, go to unlockingthebible.org.